Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Ten years ago, when Brian and I met at the 24-Hour Fitness on Main Street, and uh, that's, that's closed today. It's crazy. Every time I drive over there to my parents live in that area, and I see that 24-Hour Fitness closed, it's like, man, if the, I, I can't imagine my life without Pastor Brian and David. They're two of my best friends, and uh, we never would have met if that 24-Hour Fitness was closed back then when I met them playing basketball. But I remember Brian coming in, getting saved, and then, and then trying to decide what he was going to do with his life. Um, David and him were very good basketball players, not quite as good as me, but very good. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. I got the microphone. And um, D- Brian at that time had given his life to the Lord, and he had an opportunity to go play professionally in Qatar overseas. And so he was praying, what am I supposed to do? What is God's will for my life? And so I remember sitting in that parking lot for about three hours talking about his future. And he says, I don't know if I should go take this or if I should start my own uh, basketball program. Well, we know today that he's not in Qatar and he's here. And so he started a basketball program called Basketball Means More. And the whole thing about the name was that he wanted to teach these kids basketball, but he also wanted to give them the gospel. So he's been doing that for Seven or eight years, I'm just throwing out numbers that I'm probably wrong on. But I remember he would start getting these kids in AAU and different things, and he started building a really strong program. It's one of the, one of the best programs in the United States. Right, David? It's a very well-known. They travel all over the United States, uh, top tournaments. And uh, so he started to raise up some of these kids. And the reason we went down to Baylor is one of his kids, Caleb, was I remember him going to youth over in our old building, and uh, he was just probably this tall, maybe this tall. And now he's 6'8", and he grew up and uh, is playing for Baylor, and uh, he's, he trained him, and so we got to go down and see him. And then his other player they coached last year was one of the best, if not the best player in the United States, uh, playing for his program. And so he, he, we went down to see those two players in Baylor, and uh, he's going to be a lottery pick next year in the NBA. And so we, he says, I, I went to see this one game of college, and he said, next year I'm going to go see him in the NBA. And I didn't say nothing, but I was thinking, I hope I'm sitting next to you next year in the NBA too, <laughs> like I was yesterday at Baylor. We were sitting like on the second row right behind the bench. So it was a lot of fun. They did lose, though. I said all that because as we were driving back, we had a great time talking together. I said, today's a tough day for a message. I knew that we had baptism and we had baby dedication, and it was Mission Sunday, so you're trying to figure out what you're going to preach to kind of tie all this in. So I'm going to give you a word that the Lord gave me that I really believe is going to touch your heart and really moved in the first service. But first I want to give a few testimonies. I've got a testimony from the church, then I've got a testimony from someone in the church, and then I've got a personal testimony. And then I'm going to give you a word, okay? And that's all going to happen in the next three hours. All right, I promise. Amen. First one is, if you'll look up at the screen, uh, in case somebody does not know, I probably should have said that first, I don't know how many weeks ago it was because it's been a blur, but we bought land. And we own that land. We own 20 acres up the freeway. Amen. And uh, it's paid off. We don't owe anything on it. It's ours. Somebody say it's ours. Amen. It's not mine. It's ours. And uh, so as this this one's shaking over here, that's the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's our sign um, saying it's our future home and that they can join us here where we're at right now. And then next to it is another powerful testimony. That big uh, group of white things there is fence. And so this was part of a prophecy the Lord gave us when we moved from Fort Worth. If you remember, I said the Lord is showing me that God is moving us out past the growth. And the growth is coming out to where we're moving. Because this was five years ago, we were even further out of town. Now it's not so much. And if you look at all the stuff that's been built in the last five years coming along the freeway, it's filling up on both sides. Well, now this is a prophecy fulfilled because right next to us and behind us in this area on the next property over, they're going to build 600 houses. 600 houses. So that's 600 souls times however many is in that family. Souls we're going to go get. We're going to go outreach in that neighborhood, amen, get them saved, get them into church. But the reason the, the fence is there is that was next door, and they needed to tear it all down. And so our landlord, who, who is still blessing us, he, he, he has land here, and he has land between our land and here. And he could have taken that fence and put it on his own land. He doesn't even have a fence up. 
But if you know our landlord, he's always giving before he takes. And so he says, you can have that fence. We just got to get it down. Well, I, I'm all in. I got dirty clothes and got Paul Platt, and we went over there, and we started cutting it down. And it took us about three hours to get about 10 feet worth of fence cut down. And I'm, I'm looking at the size of that fence, and I'm going, Lord, this is going to be a long time. But we were willing. So the next week, I had Pastor John and Pastor Nestor. They were meeting me for breakfast, and we're going to go up there and cut some more fence down. The landlord calls and says, hey, I, I conned the construction crew into getting that fence down for us. And so they tore it all down for us. And then he, he our landlord, put it on a trailer and took it over to our land. All we got to do is put it up. Very, very expensive fence. Amen. So how many excited about that this morning? And one more really cool thing is, is that is, somebody say it for me, our sign. That's not just our land, it's our sign. We own that sign, and we don't have to pay anybody to put it up. If you look at our Jesus sign out here on the corner, we pay for that. And through May, we're not going to pay for it anymore. And we're going we're gonna to put a sign on the other side as well. Right now, they're paying us to have that sign. But that's our sign. So that's another thing for the testimony and the glory of the Lord. Amen. Hope your hands aren't getting tired. Amen. Where's Frankie at? I want to have Frankie come up here. And I want to I give a little lead. Yeah, come with your wife. I want to give a little lead in. This is a powerful testimony. And one of the things I want to say, and I kind of was saying this with Jay and her kids and the de dedication is one of the things I appreciate about our church and what I want as a pastor is I want us to be real. Amen. We, we're, not, we're not hiding things. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to put on a facade. We, we want to we live for the Lord. And when we're not living for the Lord and we're not doing things right, we need someone to call us out. Can I get a better amen? amen? We need someone. This is what the church world needs today, someone to speak into their life and say, listen, you're, not, you're going the wrong direction. This isn't right. Fix it. So they, Frankie's been coming. I call him Chico sometimes. That's just his nickname. But Frankie's been coming for at least five or six years, back to the old building, came in through Pastor Nestor, and um, then they ended up meeting and getting married, and, and uh, they've had their struggles, they've had their problems, but I want to tell you, today you're looking at a marriage that God is really moving in, amen, doing great things in their lives, amen, I, you didn't pay me to say that, right, it's true, things are good, and you guys are not perfect, but you're working, and, and so he's going to tell a testimony in a minute, but I, I even asked somebody after the first service, was this okay, and and I asked Frankie, because um, when, when he got in trouble, he's going to tell a testimony about how God really spared him of some things. Um, I found out about it, and, I, and I, as a pastor, I got a little extra upset. Uh, I felt like he was putting some of our people in our church in danger. And I want to congratulate him for his humility to be able to take the correction. And uh, it was so strong that I told him, I don't want you to come back to church. I said, he can't come back to church because of what he's done. Um, it wasn't anything with kids or anything like that. Don't worry about that. It was just, it was just something I felt was putting our people in danger. And so um, he, he received that, and it shook him up in a way, I believe. I'm going to try to put words in your mouth that got him to say, i got to get my life together. And so I think that because that I had showed him tough love, um, he did the right thing. And uh, like I said, today you're seeing a, a, a work in progress, but God is really doing a tremendous thing in their, in their marriage with their kids and their finances and all kinds of things. So I want him to just tell his, and he asked to tell me the testimony, so I just wanted to give that lead, and he's going to read it. Um, we've tried to get to a place where we help the people write it out so that when they get up here and they get nervous, they don't, um, you know, not say anything. So here's what he's going to say. All right, well, first of all, I want to give God all the glory and praise because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be up here testifying about what he did through my obedience. And also to thank Pastor Blake for allowing me to testify and still be able to come to this church after leaving and going back to the world two or three times. I'm testifying about my four cases that I have about me committing some forgery fraud. Won't go into details, but if you want to know, come find me and I'll tell you. But I was supposed to do eight years in prison, which is two years for every case. Was a convicted felon at that time. And we, when back in January, we had the 21 days of fasting, and one of my main prayers was about these cases. I hired an attorney to help me additionally with this case and went to court uh, two weeks ago for the final hearing. Through the mercy of Jesus Christ, our Father, the judge gave me four years of probation, 
with the right to be let off in two years if I, of course, do what I have to do while I'm in probation. And not only that, but I am not convicted as a felon anymore. Amen. Amen. But wait, there's more. That month, our, our, our light bill and water bill was paid off for that month. And she's here to testify. She's the one that called me and sent me the message. Um, and the exact amount that I was supposed to pay for that month was the exact amount I had to pay for my court fees. So, you know, put, put one and one together. You know, it was paid off on both ends. So that's it. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Anybody notice that he said the exact amount? It's just kind of a coincidence, right, that that's the exact amount that got paid for that. If you're here for the first time as a guest or you have started coming, that we're not bragging on us. We're bragging on God. This is all God, what he does when you give your life to him. So maybe you're here and you want to change. It's not going to be an overnight change. You can change the, you can get forgiven overnight, but the rest is a process, and it takes time, and it takes faithfulness. And so uh, we're so proud of them. We're so proud of their future. Just like I told Jay, God's going to use you guys. And uh, I remember seeing Frankie just crying at that conference, seeing his uncle uh, get sent out to pastor. Amen. Maybe you guys will go out and pastor someday. Amen. Whatever the Lord tells you to do. Amen. Don't get too scared, Abby. I see your fear. <laughs> if, if you don't know, our goal, our vision is to reach, teach, and send. And so we plant churches. That's what we're, our vision is. When you saw that video, uh, South Dallas and Fort Worth and Garland, and we have Bowie and we have uh, Farmer's Branch. Those are churches we've just started recently. And so we believe that anybody in here can be a candidate to go out and preach, pastor a church as long as you get your life in order. Jesus didn't call people that were perfect. He just called people that were called. And then he qualified them later. Amen? So we're just excited. This is kind of a, a brag on God testimony service. I want to give one more. This ties in with the land. So about a month ago, I was looking back on YouTube. I couldn't tell if it was five weeks or four weeks. We, we uh, took up faith promises for our lands uh, to build. We want to build a building. We don't know what it's going to cost yet. We don't, we don't have the money to build right now, but we have paid off land, and so that's a good thing. So about a month or five weeks ago, we took up faith promises, and we said, Lord, if you'll put this amount of money in my hands, and, it's, and it comes supernaturally and miraculously, and I don't have anything to do with it, I'll give it. And what we, what we teach out of that is not a name it and claim it, but we teach that God can give money out of a, out of a fish's mouth. That God is a God of, that, that we've, we've told testimonies of people picking up bags of money on the ground. Uh, all, all kinds of, I mean, we could go for hours in here of testi financial testimonies. And so when we did that five weeks ago, we said we, within 90 days, if the Lord puts this in your hand, you'll give it. We'll put it towards the building. And that's how we believe that God is going to build our building. It's going to be supernatural, just like buying our land was. Our land was supernatural. That money was given to us, and uh, we didn't have to pay from the church. It was, it was almost 100% paid off outside of, the, outside of regular tithes and offerings. It was just an amazing miracle. And so we're believing that for the building. So I, I pledged, as a, and I'm only saying this as the leader, uh, that to be transparent, I, I had faith for $5,000. That's where I started. I said, how many would believe for five? How many would believe for 3000 How many would believe for 2000 How many would believe for 1000 And we, all over the church, did that. And most of our church participated. And so I, I said 5000 And we were ta I was talking about this with Santos, who uh, he has, he's a master plumber and also does a lot of stuff on the side. And, and uh, we were talking about how, you know, sometimes everybody's way they get money is different. Some people have their own business. They can. I used to work for myself before I went in the ministry, and I could go make some extra money, or maybe you work at a place that you can get some extra overtime, and there's ways like that. I, I, don't, I don't have that because God doesn't let me do anything but pastor. I won't go into that for time, but he's never let me start my own business. Uh, he's always kept me focused on pastoring the church, and so I don't have any means of getting more money unless it's supernatural. And so I knew that that's how it was going to be. And I want to tell you and testify that this week somebody called me. This is God is my witness. Called me on the phone and said, I want to give you $5,000. I just want to give you $5,000. How many know that's pretty supernatural? Come by the house, pick up the check. Some of y'all are like, woo. 
It can happen. It's not, it's not, rub, it's not rub a genie, though. It's be in the right place, in the position, have faith. And so I went and got that check. Didn't take me long to go get it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, being honest and transparent, I had forgotten about the faith promise at that time, not overall. And uh, I thought to myself, man, I, I told my wife, we, we got something we can pay off with this. And so I was going to go pay something off with it. And so I got the, 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 the money, the, ch the check, cashed it, got cash. And I was getting my $500 of tithe out because I believe that anything that is increased for me, I tithe on. That wasn't income from, from a job, but that was, that was increased for me. And so I, I was getting the 500 out, and guess what? Guess who reminded me about the faith promise? The Holy Spirit. He said, hey, remember the faith promise? And I said, and so today I brought my faith promise, and that 5,000 just went to the bank and took a trip here to the church. Now it's going to go back to the bank, and it's going to be in the building fund. Amen? But I give God the glory that I've done my faith promise. Amen? Praise the Lord. And you know what? There'll be more coming because I serve a supernatural God who loves me. And, and I believe in Matthew 6, if you seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Get your Bibles open just for a quick few minutes. I do have a word I want to share with you. I'm just going to be in the book of Numbers. I'm just going to be in one chapter. And uh, I, I know this is from the Lord this, this morning. I'm going to put the title up because I want you to begin to think about this. Uh, what do you, capital letters, big, bigger than the other ones, what do you see? How many know when everybody looks at something, everybody sees something different? And it all depends on how you are living your life, what your perspective is. There's a lot of different angles. But how many know in the church especially when we're talking about faith and serving God and our circumstances, that we have a way we can look at situations. Um, there's, there's a way to be negative. There's a way to be positive. There's a way to be optimistic. There's a way to be pessimistic. There's a way to be fearful. There's a way to be doubtful. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that we see things with our eyes, see situations. Today, through this story, I want you to understand how personal our relationship with God is. It doesn't matter how somebody else sees this. It's how you see it this morning. Now you're saying, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to let you know. We're going to read a story about the Israelites. God is taking them somewhere. How many believe God is taking us somewhere here this morning? All the time he's taking us someplace. Now our ultimate destination and our ultimate, God's ultimate goal for us is for us to spend eternity in heaven with him. That's our ultimate destination, and he's taking us there. But on this earth, in our regular lives, he's taking us somewhere. And so we're always going somewhere. We're always looking for the next task. We're always looking for the next opportunity. If we're in the gospel the way God wants us to be in the gospel, we're looking for that next person to witness to. We're looking for that next person to share what Jesus has done for us, that he can do it for them. Amen? And so he's taking us someplace, and in the Bible, through Genesis to Revelation, he was always taking his people someplace, and if you know God's character, he was always taking us to a good place. It started that way in the Garden of Eden. He, he took them to the garden, he put Adam and Eve in there, and he said, listen, this is all yours. It's a blessing. Have at it. Do whatever you want. Have whatever you want. It's yours. Just, just don't go touch that one tree right there. So ever since the beginning, God has always had a place for us, a purpose for us, goodness for us. But the problem is we get involved and we mess up his plan. Can I get an amen? So in this story, he's trying to take the Israelites to Canaan, and Canaan is the promised land. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Canaan is the place where there's a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, for us today, a land full of blessings, a land full of provision, a land full of peace and joy and unity, a land full of all the things that this world wants right now. Things that they're looking for. He, he says, I want you to go there. And so that's what we're going to pick up in this story. But I want to show you a few things. And, and I'm going to give you a few notes to think about. And I really believe this is going to bless you. Let's start off in, ch in chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, send men. Now, as I'm reading this first verse, you're going to have to pay attention. Because there's a catch in this verse that I want someone to catch. And I want everyone to catch it. Not everyone will. Hopefully, by the time the service is over, everyone will. Some will catch it in the beginning. 
as I'm reading through this, I'm going to read through all the verses, then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to show you some things that God wants you to catch for your own personal life. So he says, I'm sending you out uh, to the land of Canaan, and he says, I'm giving you, um, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. And from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So there's 12 tribes of Israel, 12 men went. Okay, now I'm going to throw this out as a spoiler real quick for your notes. Are you the two or are you the ten? That's the question that you some of you know the story. Some of you already know what that means. Some of you have never heard it. We've got all kinds of different people in this place this morning. From people who really, really, really know the Bible and have been serving God for a long, long time. Like my precious aunt and uncle that I brag on every single time they come and visit. Because the entire 49 years I've been alive, they've been serving God. And they deserve an applause for that. And God deserves the glory. The entire 49 years, obviously about 44 that I can remember, they have served the Lord. And they're still serving the Lord today. They're a great example. And so th that's, that's, the, that's the plan is that 10, 10 had the wrong attitude, 2 had the right attitude. Are you the 2 or are you the 10? So if you don't know the word, you're going to get it in a second. Let's skip down to verse 17. And we're going to read several verses here. So Moses sends them to spy out the land. The verses in between are just a bunch of names, which are important. They're just not important for this message. Sends them to spy out the land. And he says, go up this way. Sorry, I didn't finish that part. Into the south and go up to the mountains. And see. That's why I say, what do you see? See what the land is like. It, whether the people dwell in it are strong or weak. Whether they're few or whether there are many. Now, I want you to understand something as we're reading this. God is asking him to, to go do these things. And it's amazing to me how we can sometimes get uh, everybody looking at the same thing and not everybody seeing the same thing. It's an amazing thing. Like right now, from where you're sitting, I'm hitting this pulpit, and it is metal and it is black. But some of you in this place, now you obviously couldn't guess it's not metal because you can't touch it. But some of you in here would go to your dying grave stating that this is white. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy. But it's true. I promise you. You won't raise your hand. There might be somebody sitting in here right now that's going, it is white. What do you mean it's black? I'm telling you. Is it, are they weak? Are they strong? Are they few? Are they many? Whether the, the land they dwell in is good or bad, are the cities they inhabit like, are they like camps or are they like strongholds? Whether the land is rich or poor, you know, these, those things are perspectives. Now, this is the part I love. And whether there are forests there or not. See, that's why I said the black and white thing because. How many know if you see a forest, you can't really miss a forest? Put that picture up. Can you do that? Do you have that ready? Put the, um, the background back up for the, for the land. I know you can't sit, possibly see from the back real good, but are there trees on that land? That's pretty evident. But someone in here might say, no, there's no trees on that land. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, this is how some people are. And the ones that are like that are not admitting that there are trees on that land. You're going to go to your dying grave. There's no trees up there. Not by the sign, but there's trees back there. Isn't it interesting that God, go back to the verse, please. Isn't it interesting that he says a question like that, whether there are forests or not. That's a very, very seemingly logically obvious yes or no, right? But he's leaving this to their interpretation. How are they going to see the land that he's giving them? And then it says, uh, and be of good courage. That, that ought to motivate us, right? And bring some of the fruit of the land. I want you to go there and grab it and bring it back. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And they went and they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahab near the entrance of Hamath. And by the way, I'm going to butcher these names. Tomato, tomato. Amen. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. 
Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. This is very specific things. And they came to the valley of Eshol, and they were cut. They, there they cut down a branch with a cluster of grapes. Anybody like grapes in here? When you get good, sweet grapes, it's hard to beat that. They carried it between two of them on a pole, and they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs back. The place was called the Valley of Eshol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. Now watch this. And they returned from spying. This is very important. I want to teach you when you read the Bible to pay attention to things. They returned after spying, and leave this verse up for just a second, after how many days? Somebody just shout that out. After 40 days. Okay, let's keep reading. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and even showed the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we went to the land you sent us. Look at this. It truly flows with milk and honey. So they are all saying that it is an awesome place. It is amazing. It's blessed. It's prosperous. Nobody argued about that. And they even said, here is the fruit to prove it, that we've been there. Nevertheless, that's the problem with Christian. But nevertheless, the people, see, this is the difference between the overcomers and the ones who walk defeated which hopefully there's no defeated in here today. This is the ones who, who, who are fruitful and the ones who aren't. The ones who say, nevertheless, always have a but, always have an excuse, always have a, a negative thing to say. And so the, but the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and large, and we saw the descendants of An Anak there. The Amalekites, now watch how specific this is, dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. How many would admit that they were seeing some things? Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But, but the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against these people. Have you noticed in the Bible as a servant of God, if you've been serving very long, that Jesus said that the road to heaven is narrow and few there find it, but the road to destruction is wide? If you're, on a, if you're on a wide road this morning, get off the wide road. If you want to make it to heaven, get off the wide road. Get off the, off the road that's much, much traveled and get, off the, get on the road that's less traveled, which is the road that God wants us to be on. Amen? Because this, it's a narrow road. It's not an easy road, but it's the right road. And, and when, when you, if you notice that today we're living in days more than ever before that when you, if you're doing something for God, you're going upstream. You're going against the current. If everything is just always flowing perfectly in your life, you might not be going the right direction. I'm not saying you got to wake up and look for trouble, but if you're doing something right, trouble's going to find you. But the good thing is, is that trouble's defeated. Okay, the devil can only get, have as much power over you as you let him have. So we have to be victorious in what he says, and that's part of what this story is trying to tell us. So they say, we're not able to do this. We're not able to go up against these people. They are stronger than us. See, when you, when you give that place to the devil, you're telling the devil he's bigger than God. How many don't want to do that? My situation is God can't. God can't. You might not really want to say that, but you're saying it. Okay, next verse. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it, we saw, are of great stature. There we saw the giants 
the descendants of Anak come from the, from, from the giants, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Would you just pray with me? Father, just for the next five minutes, I ask you to speak to us. Lord, give revelation to your people. I, I know that you put this word in my heart. I know it's going to help somebody today. I believe it's going to help many people. Lord, what are we seeing? What is it that we're looking at? How are we seeing our circumstances? Lord, we thank you for these powerful testimonies today. And we thank you for preparing the heart of every man, woman, and child in this place to know you and have a personal relationship with you and see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to quickly go back and look at four verses. Out of all those verses, I just want to go back and look at a few. And I want you to see something. How many know there's a foundation for everything? I was with Pastor John the other day, and we were going on the loop to go back to the land, and we were doing some work over there, and I saw the, the city building that took years, if you guys remember, years and years and years to build over there. And I remember also Denton Regional Hospital that took years and years and years to build. The, two re the reason both those buildings took forever is they had foundation problems. When you don't have a good foundation, everything else above it crumbles. So the story here, you have to understand that God, there is a foundation to this message. There is a foundation to our faith, and it is this. I want you to go back to verse 2, and I want to see if some of you caught this very important thing. I'm going to show you what it is. That's my job. My call is to maybe show you something that you don't see. Okay? That's why I preach a message. That's why I study. That's why I pray all week, so I can bring something to you that maybe you don't see, so that I can encourage you and get you to a place of victory. As you're reading this, this says they, 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 she sends the men out to spy, and there's a very small little phrase here that is very, very important. It says, I want you to go spy the land out of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. He did not say, which I might give to the children of Israel. He did not put an if there. He said, that land is yours. Okay? And the problem is, ten came back negative, two came back positive. What was the difference? Weren't they looking at the same land? Weren't they looking at the same trees or no trees? Weren't they looking at all the same things? Yes, the difference was is that 10 of them went not miss, missing that first part that God said as a test, I'm sending you to go spy out this land, but spoiler alert, I'm already going to give it to you. No matter what you say when you come back, no matter how, what you see when you go, if you want it, it's yours. The work's already done the battle's already won. It's yours. All you got to do is go possess it. Now, how many are with me right there and see that it was already given? Okay? It was already given. It's there. It's theirs. So this walk that you're in with the Lord, God's already walked it out. He's already been to the end. And he's just waiting. Jesus said, he who endures till the end shall be saved. That's why I said this morning, it doesn't matter how you start, finish. Just get to the finish line. God has already walked it out, and he's never going to ask us to do something that he hasn't already gone before us and taken care of. And this was a promise. So you must understand, are you the two or are you the ten? Now watch this. I'm giving it to you. I've already given up. I've already, you, you, you might say, man, I've got a marriage or marital problem. I've got a financial problem. I've got a physical problem. When, 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 when uh, David was diagnosed with cancer, he was already healed before he even got diagnosed. What healed him was faith. What made that, that, that miracle come to pass was his faith. I remember the days you came in here skinny and not looking good, and you always had the same face. I believe that God can heal me. Amen. Amen? So he believed the word that he was already healed. I'm not going to go to hell over a mystery. Why do some people get healed? Why do some don't? But all I know is the Bible teaches this over and over again, and Jesus would say over and over again, your faith has made you whole. And one of the things that's been in my spirit is, as you believe, as is your faith. That's why it's a personal walk with God. That's why every single one of us have to stand before God for ourselves. We have to say, I, and that's what Caleb did, Let, let's go get this land. 
Because Caleb understood in that first paragraph, he says, God already said we can have it. He already gave it to us. We don't have to worry about the giants. But the other ten overcame. Here's another one. Verse, what verse was that? That was verse 2. Verse 25. This is important. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now we know that 40 is a very important number in the Bible. But church, what we don't, a lot of people don't know when they study the Bible, is that the 40 years that the Israelites sent, spent in the, in the wilderness was because of the 40 days they spent in heaven. In, in heaven. They went there for 40 days. And the reason that they had to spend 40 years is because God got angry and said, all I wanted you to do was come back and tell me the report, but the report at the end say, yes, sir, we can take the land. That's all I want you to do. It was a test. And because they didn't, the spoiler alert is, as you read later in Numbers 14 and on, is that they had to go for one day. Every day they were in, in the promised land, they had to spend one year in the wilderness. Okay? But what I want you to see here is not just that. I want you to see something more important. I want you to see the fact that they were there for 40 days. Y'all get that? They didn't go in for four hours. They didn't go in for 40, 40 hours. They didn't go in for four days. They were there for 40 days. Why would you come back scared of anybody if you've been there for 40 days? Amen? Y'all seeing what I'm seeing? In other words, God did it before. He'll do it again. It's the God I serve. That's why I have a lot of faith, because he always comes through. Never how I want, never when I want, but he always comes through. I've, been, I've seen him do it too many times to know anything else. Right? And, the long, and I, I always try to teach you, the longer you stay in this thing, the more you're going to see how real he is. I know I got some people in here that have been saved 20, 30, 40 years. And you know. We just know. We don't know how. We don't know when. We just know he's going to come through. And that's all God wants is us to have that trust. That's all he was trying to do when he sent him by test. If you've ever noticed, church, the whole Bible's a test. But it's fixed. All you got to do is answer the right question. It's always, yes, Lord. Yes. What's the answer? Yes, Lord. What's the question? Yes, Lord. You're right. Amen. So they went in for 40 days, but they were still afraid. Verse 27. And they said, it, even while they were there for 40 days, during that entire 40 days, they were able to come back and say, it truly flows with milk and honey. They didn't even come back. Somebody get this. They didn't even come back and go, man, that was the worst 40 days of our lives. It was horrible there. You realize that they weren't even realizing that they spent 40 days there and it was land flowing with milk and honey? No, no one got hurt. They came back with fruit. I mean, it's an amazing thing. And they have proof. It flows with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. Not even something they had to believe for. They grabbed it with their hands. It flows with milk and honey. Verse 28, here's the problem. But, but, nevertheless, I mean, it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. We, I mean, we, we went to that land. We went to the south. We went to the north. We went to the east. It's flowing milk and honey. Here's the fruit. We all came back good, but them dudes are big. The dudes that are big that didn't touch them for 40 days, didn't hurt them for 40 days, are going to hurt them now. How many times do we give place to the devil? What, is, what does James tell us to do with the devil? Resist him. Just resist him. Just put the hand up. I ain't trying to hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what the, words, the word of the Lord says. Those who overcome. Jesus said to us, church, he said, that we will have tribulation. That's one of the things I love about Jesus. He's, he's forthright. He never in his words ever said, this is going to be easy. Just follow the yellow brick road. He never said that. He said, it's going to be hard. You're going to have tribulation. But he said, but be of good cheer. 
because I have overcome the world. How many believe Jesus has already overcome everything you need to overcome? He's already done it. As Dwayne said on Wednesday night, it is finished. It's done. It's done. So I just believe that. In the last verse, are you the two or are you the ten? Verse 30. Sometimes you need to get around, get around the people and say, respectfully, shut up. I'm going to serve God. That's why Joshua said, and by the way, Joshua was one of the two. As for me and my house, I don't care what you got going on over there. You want to go to hell? You want to live a miserable life? You want to go up and down? You want to stay in the wilderness? Go ahead. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve Jesus. We're going to serve the king. Amen. Caleb says, I see an opportunity. Today I believe there's some people in it, and I hope by the time the altar calls over and we go home and we go out of these doors, everybody is saying, I see an opportunity. I see this thing that I'm going through right now as a possibility for an opportunity for a, testimony, for a testimony. See, when Frankie and Abby were going through that, it wasn't fun. When anybody in here has had any kind of struggles in your marriage, it's not fun when you're going through it. Any of you have had financial struggles, or, or it's not fun when you get diagnosed with cancer. That's not fun. It's not fun for the family. None of those things are fun. But what would happen if we would, if we would have the attitude of the two? That says, like Job would say, Father, though you slay me, I will trust you. Because you're a good God. You've never failed me before, and you're not going to start now. Because the last time I checked this book, this book, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And faith is seeing in spiritual eyes something different than what you see with physical eyes. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, I want you to stay with me for just a second. In the book of 2 Kings, you can read that for homework later, chapter 6. Elisha's talking to one of his men, and they're surrounded by enemy forces and armies, and he's afraid and doesn't know what's going to happen. Elisha prays for him, and he says, I want you to see what God wants you to see. And as he prays for him, he begins to see chariots and horses all around surrounding the enemy that was coming against him. And what he saw was, he said, there's more for us than there is against us. Somebody get that this morning. It doesn't mean there's not an enemy. It doesn't mean the devil doesn't come in like a flood. But the Bible says that he lifts up a standard against it when the devil comes in like a flood. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted, but it says in the Bible that God will always give you a way out of your temptation. The Holy Spirit is speaking right now, and he's speaking to some people, and some of you have been living in the wilderness. It is not and never has been and never will be God's will for a believer to live in the wilderness. The wilderness is part of our walk because we have to go through it to learn. We have to go through it to get polished. We have to go through it to realize what, how good it feels to be out of the wilderness. But you are not supposed to live in the wilderness. Today, some of you need to see. God is saying, what do you see? Do you see me as, a, as the Jesus, the King of the earth, that died on the cross for the, your sins and disarmed every power and principality of the enemy? Or do you see me as somebody who's not able to change your problem? How do you see God? According to your faith, that's what God will do in your life. Because there's nothing impossible for God. There's not one person in this place right now, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter where you've gone, no matter what you've thought, that Jesus doesn't forgive. He simply says in his word, call on me. 
believe in me. Confess to me your sins, and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Now, this is the most important part of this service. You may be here as a guest. You found us online. You may be here as a guest because someone's getting baptized. You may be here as a guest because someone invited you. You may be here for the first time or second time or the third time or the hundredth time. The question is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is enough? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he can break that curse off of your life and set you free and give you life and life more abundantly? Oh, I believe for you. He can and he will and he already did. All you got to do is open the door. The Bible says in Revelation 3, he's knocking. Right now, he's knocking. Who's he knocking on the door of the heart of those who don't know Jesus? If you already know him, he's already there. And he's confirming it with you right now. If you already know him, he's confirming by his spirit how much he loves you. How much you're his child. How much of a plan and a purpose he has for you. But if you don't know him, he's knocking right now and he's saying, just open the door. I will come in and I will show you things you've never imagined, never thought could happen in your life. I'll show you peace. I'll show you joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I'll give you purpose. I'll take that messed up life and that record that you have because of your mistakes and I'll wipe it clean. That's the God I serve. How many all over this place and watching online tonight could say, Pastor, you're talking to me. Jesus right now is knocking on my heart and today I'm going to say yes and let him in. Just quickly lift up your hand. And put it right back down. Quickly, all over this place. I see your hands. How many more? I see your hand. I see your hand. How many more? Well, wait just a moment. He's knocking. I know he's knocking. But the problem is he can't open that door for you. It's called free will. I see your hand. God bless you. It's called free will. No one's going to go to heaven that doesn't want to go there. But today the door's open. All you got to do is walk in. It's like the judge saying, listen, I'm, I'll pardon you right now if you're just leaving and get out of here and, 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 and don't go sin anymore. I'll pardon you right now. It's pardoned. All you got to do is get up and walk out. Today, all you got to do is get up and give your life to Jesus and say, I surrender. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to wait for five more seconds. Never said that prayer. If you died today, where would you spend eternity? Eternity. Forever. Today you can know. He looked over at that thief on the cross. He didn't get baptized. He didn't tithe. He didn't go to church. He didn't pray. He didn't read a Bible. He just said, I believe in you. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. How many more? I'm not saved today. I don't know Jesus. Just lift it up and put it down. Pray for me, Pastor. Please remember me. I believe there's some watching online today that are going to say this prayer. Let's stand all over this place. Stay in reverence, if you would, to the Lord, because the reason it feels like this and is like this right now is because the Holy Spirit is working. This is, we, this is why we had church today, to give people a chance to be saved. This is a hospital, and it's a place where people are bleeding and dying and we're, we're here to serve you. Jesus is here to heal you. But it's like going to the emergency room and they offer the help and you say, no, I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the same way I came in. Why would you do that? Maybe there's some people here that at some point in your life you've said that prayer. You've given your life to Jesus. But today, last week, this last few months, this last few years, you're not, you're not where God wants you to be. And you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You, you need to come back. You heard Frankie say it. He went out two or three times. You know when you go out, there's no promise you'll come back. It's not guaranteed. It's only by the mercy and the grace of God you get that chance to come home. Maybe you're here and that's you. Could you just say, Pastor, here I am. You're talking to me. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord today. Just put your hand up. See your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. 
Amen. Quickly, without hesitation, if you raise your hand, would you find that nearest aisle and just step out and come down here and let me pray for you? Just step out all over the place. Hands went up. Come on. Come on. I see your hands. Come on. How many more? Amen. How many more? How many more? Some of you, your hearts, that's a sign. You need to come forward. Because there's a battle going on right now between your soul. Just like that baby crying, that devil's crying. He knows you're about to change your life. And Fabio, he knows all the lives that are going to be changed through your testimony. That's why he's fighting you so hard. Andy, that's why he fights you so hard. He knows all the lives. He knows. That's why he fights us. Because he knows when we get it together, and I, when I say get it together, I mean in the sense of we're all human, we make mistakes. But when we, get, when we get to that obedience, there's so many lives that God wants to touch through us. Amen. I'm going to just give five more seconds. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something. You know tomorrow's not promised. This, this service may never happen again, ever. Today's the day. The Bible says today's the day, the acceptable day of the Lord. If you're just not sure, just come. This is a place of safety. The reason I do this personally, the reason I ask people to come forward is because I believe that if you can't stand before a church congregation, and say you believe in Jesus, you're never going to do anything for God outside of these four walls. So I believe it's an opportunity to say, you know what, I don't care what people think. I care what Jesus thinks. It doesn't matter how many times you've come to the altar, just keep coming. Amen. Let's say this prayer. We're going to pray with those that are online and listening on the podcast. Just say this with me, Lord Jesus, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your mercy and your grace that while I was still a sinner Christ died for the ungodly that's me I humble myself I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a savior Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins I believe and confess with my mouth you are Lord I believe you died on the cross, and you rose from the dead. You conquered death, hell, and the grave. And today, I surrender the rest of my life. Take control. Take over. I am not my own. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.